This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to Girls on Porn. I'm Rachel. I'm Laura. And we love porn. This is our porn review podcast. We talk about what we love and we roast what we hate. Helping you find hot, ethical, just plain better porn for your spank bank. And we're looking at everything. Today we are joined by a very special guest. Welcome, SX Noir. Hello, hello. Wee, 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 wee. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, like the um, the stripper sound. Pion, 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 pion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for our listeners who are not familiar, SX Noir is a self-proclaimed thought leader, leading the conversation on the intersection of sex work and sex tech. SX is the vice president of Women of Sex Technology. SX has created a podcast thought leader pod in an attempt to hack the conversation on sex, love, dating, and tech. Creating more empathy in digital space is the key to intimacy. SX is from Missouri, very into Frank Sinatra and adult animation. Mm. SX aims to destigmatize the conversation regarding sex in the digital space. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on the pod because you're a perfect goddamn fit. Yeah, basically. (laughs) That's what I thought. I know it's been, we've been trying to do it for a minute now, so I'm happy we made it happen. I know. Yes. How has your 2020 been? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, what are you even up to? <laughs> it's honestly one of the best and worst years of my life. The best as far as, like, reflection and understanding and patience and mm. and connecting. And the yep. worst as far as just isolation. You know, I don't think humans are made to be isolated. So in that sense, it's, it sucks. But right. um, I am blessed and highly favored as we say in the south (laughs) yeah that's a really good way of putting it i've kind of had a similar answer where i'm like it's terrible i mean 2020 is terrible like there's no refuting that but at the same time i feel like there's something major that we're all going through i mean even like putting aside global and political transitions that i'm hoping are happening in a positive sense like i think we're all like being forced to dig deep and it can be necessary to do that sometimes as much as it's like painful and yeah Horrible to be alone all the time. Oh, really, God. really forced <laughs> to look at yourself, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you absolutely um, are. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. So talk to us a little bit about the intersection of sex and tech. All right. Let's talk about it. Boil it down. Let's boil it down. What I do. Yeah. So I am SX Noir, uh, as mentioned, the thought leader of sex technology, and that is T H O T. Uh, I work on the intersections within sex work. um, And Mm. so I am just pretty much obsessed with sex tech. And so um, a quick quick intro to sex technology. Everyone's like, well, what's sex tech? And the reality is, it's just like (laughs) fintech. You've probably navigated it personally on so many levels. Um, and in reality, it is education and health, right? So mm. we can talk about fertility. We can talk about sex ed. We can talk about, you know, erectile right. dysfunction pills. We can talk about all of these kind of health and medical aspect of it and education aspect of it. Then we also have entertainment, which is what we're talking about, which is the right. porn, which is the good stuff, the fun stuff, you know, the, the entertainment element of sexuality. Um, and then on the other side, we have arts and culture business, technology, all these other aspects to the entire industry. So my main focus um, came into to play. Um, I, I have navigated the sex work industry um, quite deeply, and I have a lot of <laughs> friends who are in the sex work industry. And so I absolutely just love whores so much. And I moved <laughs> to New York City in like 2017, and I found myself just kind of gravitating toward those in the adult industry and, and just loving the women that I was meeting. You know, they were the most yeah entrepreneurial, resilient, just celebratory people I've ever met. And I'm like, who are these people? And I like yeah. love them. Yeah. And as we're talking, you know, I, I, there's all these little strange things that happen with us as in like social media and advertising and all these different mm-hmm. things that like as civilians, 
you don't have an issue with, but as a sex worker, you did. And so I, I began learning about concepts like shadow ban um, and working online and all these different things that deeply impacted sex workers in digital space. And I saw that there mm-hmm. were so many, not only social issues around stigma and shame, et cetera, but there's political things that are rooted within America's um, <clears throat> but uh, America's legislation that actively hurts sex workers and those in the sex industry. Yeah, And so from there, I started looking at these sex tech platforms. I started making, you know, being very vocal about sex worker rights, um, especially in digital space. And I started being very vocal about legislation and and police funding that basically funded violence against sex workers. And so my my work intersects between activism, of course. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think almost every woman's an activist in some way. uh, And um, (laughs) just the simple injustices that happen. So the work that I focus on now is, yes, my activism. But within sex technology, I'm the vice president of the Women of Sex Tech. We are an organization of femme identifying people who are navigating the sex tech industry. And so my focus really is on destigmatizing, demystifying, and just, you know, literally that <laughs> demystifying yeah. the conversation around <laughs> sex tech, you know? Yeah. It's not this big mystery. We all get on Tinder. We all get on social media. We all, you know, we've ordered Watch our birth porn. control. Yeah. We've all, and we've all watched fucking porn, okay? Right? And so yeah. um, porn, when everyone thinks about sex tech, I think their first thing is porn, right? Yeah. And it's like, yes. Yeah. Um, and the digital aspect of porn, which is what we're talking about today, um, the topic we'll talk about today. Um, and then there's the physical aspects of porn too. And so I like to just talk about all of those things, but then labor rights and entertainment and just mm-hmm. social rights and all those awesome subjects. I have like about a bajillion questions <laughs> I, I yeah. want to ask you about yeah. like because I also, I like, when I think of sex tech too, I think not only of porn, but I think of like AI and like the mm. future of sexual interactions with right. tech, so to speak. So, like, I almost want to open up a conversation and feel free to do with this as you will, because we could literally talk about this for hours. Yeah. But the, the thing that came to mind was like, what do you see as some of the dangers of sex tech versus the positive opportunities? Because I right. think sometimes we forget that there's two sides to that coin, right? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. the the conversation is, like, ugh, apps and, and like, uh, you know, Project Melody, like, these uh, AI-driven sex porn slash, like, whatever gratification platforms or profiles. But I'm curious and, like, and I feel like you're the person to answer this. Like, what's the, what are some of the positive opportunities if we think holistically about this tech and and we think with like a, a longer trajectory for like what could happen and how we could better utilize some of this stuff. To answer the question of what are some of the positive aspects of sex technology, I think that's an amazing question. And guess who tends to ask that question the most? You probably. People who are scared of tech? <laughs> <laughs> Me? Which you. is fems and women. Oh. oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's the same question of when they when someone asked the, the the female entrepreneur, how do you manage motherhood in your career? It's like oh, right. mm-hmm. we inherently as femmes immediately understand the harms that can that can take place. Immediately. Right. Men yeah. don't yeah. ask that. Men don't go, oh, what's the harm? They go, oh hell yeah, this is fun. What can right. we do? Rah, right. rah, rah, rah. This is great. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get my rocks off, right? They're just safe always. Right. And so they're just like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, when I I talk to men about it, I just find it funny. And I I think it's beautiful explanation of why, A, we need more femmes in tech. We need more femmes with tech equity. We need more femmes who can design the world they want to see um, as far as technology. But it's a question that women ask almost immediately. What are the positives? uh, What are the, you know, inherent positives or negatives? Because all I can see is the ways that this can be abusive, um, that it can be harmful to me, etc. And I think that is such a powerful thing that we are so mindful and incredibly insightful about the harms that could be done in in digital space, just like Mm. physical space. So to me, um, you know, the, the, the beauty of sex technology is, is that not only is it going to close the orgasm gap that we have <laughs> in our right, world, yes, right. uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the orgasm gap for those listening who don't know, it's just uh, women not orgasming <laughs> as much as men, right? Yeah. Uh, they better know by now if they're yeah, listening to yeah. our podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're aware. <laughs> you know? So that's, yeah, that was, but it's true, right? I just like to be yeah. be reminded, you know, that this is no, actually I appreciate a real it. thing. And yes, so, you know, yes. technology, technology closes that gap, but technology as far as sex tech also closes the gap on concepts like fertility uh, on concepts like birth control gender reaffirmation Mm -hmm. um and just simply connection you know um 
sex is a great way to connect with people. And so when we think about the entertainment possibilities, it's, it's incredible. When we think about virtual reality, augmented reality, um, and these different aspects, we can really be bringing people together. Um, mm-hmm. But it starts at a fundamental base of empathy um, and you know, thoughtfulness as well. Right. And so this is what we're seeing when we do put women in charge of creating the tech they want to see. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. as we know, um, which we'll get into the episode today, some of the harms that can come from sex technology, technology period, exactly. but those that can be applied in the sexual sense, uh, we can acknowledge the harms as well. And so it takes um, organizations like Women of Sex Tech, the who I'm a vice president of, to, to be thought leaders in the space and so to want to radically change the space of technology. Mm. Mm. What do you feel like is missing from the digital space right now that would make like the lives of sex workers better? Um, women having ownership of what the hell they're actually navigating. Sure. Women need money. Women deserve yeah. equity. Like, you know, we keep asking, how can we solve all these problems? Well, guess what? Less right. power for men. You yeah. Know? Right. Like, how about right. that fundamentally? And then when you say that, people go, oh, my God. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I never even thought about that way. And it's like, yeah, imagine if you had not only the educational and socioeconomical resources to just be okay, what if you actually had the resources to design something that you wanted to see in this world? How often does this happen? We're seeing Mm -hmm. this change with more women in STEM and all these different things, but fundamentally the problem is we're not creating the world that we exist in. Yeah. So if we're not creating it, then it may may not function. This is coming from a Black woman as well. It may not function to the level that... uh, that it would be if you designed it. And so that's not the answer for everything. But I, when right. I ask, like, what's missing? I'm like, mm-hmm. women designing things. Right. Because yeah. there's, there's, there's several things. Even this podcast, I go, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense to me. And I love that. Um, and that's what I want to see in the world. And so that that's, yeah. Not that I'm I'm one to, like, quote the Gates very often. Uh, <laughs> but I did watch, like, sort of peripherally. And then I sat up and was like, oh, this is very interesting. But the... Uh, the is it called my next guest the david letterman netflix mm. show where he has like he had like jay-z on and he talked oh, to obama yeah, yeah, yeah. he had melinda gates on and i was like i don't know if i care about this and then i deeply deeply did because she said something that hadn't occurred to me she said we are designing a ai right now that will be used you know like that is the foundation for years to come and it is being built primarily by white men so yeah. there is going to be inherent bias in the, mm-hmm. It is an urgent issue to get women and people of color uh, and all different identities involved in the creation of tech because yeah. it's going to carry forward and that we're not even thinking about or acknowledging or, or managing the inherent bias in the tech we're creating right now. Yeah. And that was, 100%. it just kind of blew the lid off my my head when I, I thought mm. about that. So. Yeah, so Melinda Gates, if you're listening, Women of Sex Tech is in our first round of funding. So please, um, yes, yes. if anyone knows Melinda Gates, we definitely need some of that money, girl. Okay, but um, no, you know, one of my favorite things to say is that just like orgasms, algorithms have a bias. Okay, every single Uh thing we have has a bias. Your orgasm has a bias. Yeah. Your AI and your technology you use has a bias. Um, and I love to say that because, you know, we don't come, everything we come to, um, as in, you know, orgasm to, has yeah. these back end things that led us to this point. And it's the same right. with um, technology and coding as well. I think a lot about, too, how so much tech is created. And listen, we could, but we won't turn this into an like, entire conversation about capitalism. But so much tech is created. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here I take it every time. Um, But so much tech is created with a very specific, like, how do we make money off of this? How do we exploit this uh, Mm -hmm. for shareholders, for our investors? Like, what's the fastest way to market? And so much tech, generally speaking, uh, we don't think about the consequences of it. And we're seeing some of those consequences now. I mean, for anyone who's watched Social Dilemma on Netflix, like, that to me, I was like, yeah, this is old news. Like, we know that this is what monetizing social media does and these are the dangers that we that the folks monetizing those platforms didn't think about so i guess uh going back to to what you were saying of like forethought of like liability and what are the repercussions of this potentially is like socially a probably a more feminine female impulse uh but we as a whole need to all be thinking about that uh so so listen cis men who listen to this for boners like yeah <laughs> think about it <laughs> it's absolutely true you know so i i love that you touched on that because when you asked me 
what got what what got you into this or what made you interested yeah. in this that's that's what it was yeah this mm. constant monetization of not only female bodies but black female bodies right and yeah. I, I have i just came out i had a feature in id mag um for uh top 100 uh, revolutionary activists alongside you know icons like billy porter kandora oh. show freaking stacy abrams that's candy oh my god I was like, okay, I guess that's me. Yes. Um, you know, in my manifesto, I said, um, you know, stop using our bodies for profit. Stop using, right. we are no longer your slaves. Understand yeah. that these companies are exploiting you under capitalism and there's no ethical relationships under capitalism. And the reality of it is, is that within the sex worker rights movement, what we're seeing, specifically digitally, is that civilians are so interested in what decriminalization of sex work looks like physically and digitally because they are more connected and more have more in common now with a sex worker who could be attempting upward mobility due to capitalism than ever before. And so, you know, something else I also say, too, that that really upsets people is that, guess what, white man? Like, you need to step down. That a lot of white men are upholding these capitalistic white supremacist views, and they look to their neighbor and they go, well, how can I change the world? And what can I do to make the world better for those who don't look like me? And the reality is, is stepping down, giving up your seat, and letting right. someone else fill it. And right. so that's why I'm, like, obsessed with um, Reddit Bay. Uh, is it Serena's <laughs> husband? Oh, yeah. Alexis Ohanian. Oh, Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even need porn. I'm like, that is my porn. The concept, <laughs> like when I'm like, oh, I, I don't have access to porn. I'm like, I just think of him and like what he like, what he says to her when he wakes up in the morning. And I'm like, that makes me come. Like that, whatever he has, the conversations they have, that's it for me. <laughs> See, they should just start an OnlyFans that's just like them talking at breakfast. And, right. Yes. And him just like, no, I'm you know, like worshiping her. I'm like, I don't know if I want children, but I'm like, a man like that? Mm-hmm. We may change your mind. Maybe have some yeah. babies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of OnlyFans, I wonder if like if OnlyFans was ran by a woman, if like all of those like practices would have changed after the Bella Thorne scandal. Oh, Rachel, what a great question. And the reality you know? is, the reality is, is that replacing, you know, replacing women with men is not always the answer. Right, um, you right. know, that's, that's really not always the answer. But I love, I, I love that sometimes feminists are like, well, if a woman was in charge, right. so right. it's like, we are I mean, still navigating capitalism, you know, and one of my yeah. favorite things ever to do is not totally the point, but you know, the concept of a, the organization, the wing, you know, the wing was an yeah. all feminist Ugh. female co-working space. And yeah. just yeah. because of and it, you know, and they blew up for unethical behaviors and all, you know, all these horrific things. Google them and trust me, yeah. DM me and we can talk shit about it because I love to yeah. talk shit about the wing. But the point being yeah. is So that, does Laura. So Yes. It's my, my favorite sport. <laughs> Honey, when I tell you it's like my core. Oh, it's like it's so bad of how much joy it gives me. But point being is that replacing women who still have capitalist views right. is not is not the answer. That's um, true. And so it's But it's still a good ongoing question of, OK, so what does change look like? though within the hands of of female power yeah yeah i mean it's still an organization like that sold for like a big price when it went public and and touted a lot of bullshit that was ultimately like not going to work in tandem with their bottom line Mm -hmm. and they're an aggressive organization i also remember when you uh hosted that panel oh yeah uh, and gab (laughs) alexa like wrote about it i was here for it and i was a member at the time like my employer covered my membership and I thought it would be like you know cool if I'm honest I just wanted to be bougie like everybody else and was um, like we all did we wanted to be like, cute don't we, we wanted all, to meet our yeah. friends like that yeah. was the whole thing I, and feel safe at the same time <laughs> imagine that but you get there and it's it's just not that it's just like overpriced snacks and like dirty pink couches and you're like wait a minute I was sold a lie and then when I tried to quit it was so aggressive Ugh. it was so their policy is is Anyway, we're not going to talk about right. the wing anymore. No, but... we're not going to because let me tell you right yeah. now, that's a whole podcast episode. Yeah. But, you know, we, you know <laughs> one thing we can talk about is this conversation about ethical porn with female um, directors and female producers and female mm. ownership. We right. all mm-hmm. know that that's not always true. I'm not yeah. going to name the name that I'm really wanting to name because I'm going to keep it real cute and professional right now. But the point <laughs> being is that female ownership does not necessarily equate to ethical behavior. And so we yeah. really at the ground have a, a big um, a big responsibility of, of, of education and empathy that we need to educate everyone on. So Right. 
Absolutely. Thank you for um, guiding the conversation on our podcast. You're really yeah. great at like staying <laughs> on topic where I'm like, let's talk about the way. I know. No, Laura, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> you don't understand how much I want to talk about that. I have let's to talk about how they don't that. pay their panelists, but they charge right. you. Anyway, uh, so let's go into the, the ethical porn conversation. Like, how would you define ethical porn? We have our answer, but I would yeah. be curious to hear yours. Again, another great question. I think the, <laughs> I think the statement ethical porn is an oxymoron. I think the concept yeah. together actually don't even really exist. I okay. think the concept of ethical behavior is an ongoing, consistent, constant journey. It is never, ever, ever a destination. I think mm-hmm. it's really um, problematic when people attempt to attach this concept of ethical behavior to something as fickle and subjective as pornography. And that the yeah. concept of ethics does not stop and end does not the concept of ethics does not start and end when you press play and you press stop from an entertainment yeah. uh, media. It begins and ends with labor rights. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. working. You know um, how people are treated on set. Um, mm-hmm. You know how people can actually make money. You know, is this an actual profession that gives you a livelihood? All of those things to me embody the concept of ethical porn, and so. To most people's best understanding, they really aren't understanding what ethical porn means. The most ethical porn I've seen, though, let me actually take that back. The most ethical porn I've seen <laughs> is when people are, when, when porn performers are selling directly to the consumer. And they exactly. are getting all yeah. of their profits and they're making all of the, their money themselves. But again, that's very slim slice of the pie when we think about the entire porn industry. Um, and so the concept of ethical porn, I, I would assume, is kind of this idea that it doesn't um, portray harmful messaging and harmful um, intentions like most of our mainstream porn does on these tube sites. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I personally, within my journey of sex tech, would love to um, move away from this idea of ethical porn. But I'm also understanding that it has to be labeled that way because of our current world we live in. Yeah. That we have so much unethical porn that we have to push the right. concept of ethical porn. Right. Um, yeah. And so I, I see it a lot. I think I think my my disdain for the concept of ethical porn comes from um, Erica Lust Productions, a production company who claims to be this independent um, indie <laughs> uh, ethical porn production company. When in reality, they make tens of millions a year. They are not wow. a small indie company uh, yeah. and they are not ethical within their labor practices. And so my, my concern from the ethical porn label comes from from platforms that use it for marketing and use it to to have like almost this pink white feminism and they mm. use it for all this gain. But in reality, they're not actually practicing these things. Um, and so that that's the concerning constant thing that I'm seeing within the ethical porn labeling. Yeah. Um but to answer your question, I would say ethical porn is when you're buying directly um, from from a porn performer um, and you, to your best understanding, um, they are having safe labor practices. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, like, ethical porn is not a destination, but yeah. this, like, uh, amorphous, like, complicated, like, I mean, essentially, like, that's what we have learned in making this podcast, because we have been like... Exactly. Okay, here's here's a platform we can trust or here's a you know, here's a producer and we're it's it's a constantly moving needle um yeah. or a like oh shit like this happened how did this company handle it like how did such and such and we're big fans of scene porn so it's hard like we have fully been like okay like more and more we're just featuring uh performers on like many vids profiles or if we do talk about Pornhub, which we never really did in a positive light, we've never been um, a supporter there. But the yeah. only time we've been like, okay, here's the exception or here's how you could potentially consume a site like Pornhub ethically is just directly through performers. That's the only way. Right. Um, but we are even like, why don't those performers just leave Pornhub and just go yeah. to a different outlet? outlet um Meaning verified channels. Yeah. Another yeah. great question. So the reality yeah. <laughs> is, is that we are all we are all trying to survive under capitalism. Right. And of while course. we all fucking dislike a lot of the things that Pornhub's doing, we cannot 
not acknowledge the fact that they actually are giving a lot of performers livelihood. They actually yeah, are paying yeah. a lot of performers, you know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this as women, you know, we have to always navigate this. There's no ethical, um, there's no ethical relationships under capitalism, right? So we're constantly juggling the harms and the goods of everything. And when right. you have such a huge powerhouse as the, con- the I, I even say the concept of Pornhub that has a third of internet traffic, right. it is just to be what is ethical, right? When they are mm-hmm. a capitalist platform. Um, and so we have to be actively critiquing them but at the same time um when we talk about performers and we talk about well why don't you just do this well baby i gotta eat and so as civilians we do have this power to go well i'm gonna leave this job and go to that job because i'm treated better but when you're in an industry that is so heavily stigmatized Mm -hmm. um and, and has so much shame attached to it um it it's difficult to make those decisions in that way in that thought process yeah absolutely it's like applying pressure to someone to like shop quote-unquote ethical like stop shopping at walmart or amazon (laughs) but it's like if it's the cheapest thing it creates like the quote-unquote market imperative of like Mm -hmm. if you're broke and you're not being compensated for your labor well enough you're forced to then indulge in these companies that exploit labor and it's just a cycle keeps it Um, going so yeah we talk a lot about too, and I'd actually be curious to get your thoughts on this. And maybe we should probably transition to deep fakes right after this. But the last <laughs> mm-hmm. question for you, yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. Um, what do you think would need to happen? And it may never happen under a capitalist system. But like sites like Pornhub, it's like why, why can't and why don't they? And what pressure would need to be applied to make them just require that every account that posts any content be verified? Mm-hmm. If all you need to do to verify your account is show your ID, yeah, do they really need that much unverified content floating around for their traffic? Or is it that we just like the market needs to shift to paying for content on Pornhub? Like, is there a world or a reason that you see that Pornhub like refuses to uh, to just require verified profiles? Yeah, so two sides to that. One is um, white men upholding capitalism, and then yeah. two <laughs> is um, the the stigma attached to the in the sex trade. Period. Right. Right. Um, and People so don't want when we talk about information out there. Yeah, and it's not even a matter of, it's not like, oh, well, I just don't want my information. It's like, well, my life can be in danger if my information is shared, right? Yes, right, uh, yeah. So we talk about privacy and security. And so... So for on the first flip of the coin, we have, you know, white men upholding capitalism. And so this also means upholding things like patriarchy, um, misogyny, um, white supremacy, etc., which results in the want and control of women's bodies and the conversation around consent, the conversation around actually paying a woman to to perform this sexual act that historically we have completely shamed and 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 hurt uh, women who did this. Right. So. One, there's not respect and there's not um, an appreciation and a value for the safety of women navigating the porn industry. Fundamentally, that's that's the issue of why mm-hmm. verified pro- profiles aren't happening, because not only does Pornhub maybe not even care enough, but as a society, <laughs> like yeah. the structures yeah. are not even in place for that to be a concept to even to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so on the other side, we can talk about the decriminalization of sex workers and why that can prevent mm-hmm. um sites as big as Pornhub from having a consistent verification process. Um, and so verification tends to mean some sort of identifying you and most performers have a performing name and a legal name. Not yeah. everyone has the privilege of connecting the two and there's a reason why we go by pseudonyms. There's a reason I go by a pseudonym. I was just put on a, a sex worker watch terrorist list with my name. Okay. So Jesus. these things are not to be taken lightly. And so yeah. We as users um, want to have verified content because we want to know what we're navigating. But I think in the sex industry, um, there's a lot more on the back end of verifying people that most civilians don't even think about. Civilians go, well, I had to give my ID and a credit card. No fucking problem. Here's my information. And sex workers have to go, "Mm, hmm. Yeah. Okay. What's the risk reward here? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And so... I'm actually working on a website called Deep Fakes. I mean, oh my God, not Deep Fakes. That's so crazy. I'm working on a website called Deep Thoughts. Uh, 
Oh, okay, cool. Got <laughs> much it. better. Much better. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so like again, all cylinders. I'm like, I was wow. like, I don't know how to tell you this, but the URL is it, taken. No, it already exists. <laughs> oh, how horrible is that? No, so I'm I'm creating a, a website called uh, Deep Thoughts. It's a mutually beneficial dating app of buying and selling attention. Um, we will be sex worker friendly, etc. And we're working on a third party verification um, concept, and that's something that is incredibly difficult and intricate to navigate because mm-hmm. um, you know we feel very protective over our identities, um, especially navigating any space that deals with sexuality. Um, and so, yeah, that's my big, awesome, big answer. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like an incredible endeavor. Deep. No, thoughts. everyone, everyone always asks, <laughs> yeah, deep thoughts. everyone like asks me questions. And most of the time my answers tend to be give women money and yeah. defund big technology. Those tend yeah. to be my biggest answer. <laughs> Well, crazy idea, Rachel. Yeah. Should we take a break and then come back and talk about deepfakes and incorporate the video in the conversation? Should we do it that way? Yeah, that's a good idea. We've been chatting. No, we have been. People might have to pee, you know? All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about deepfakes. Cool. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're back to talk about deepfakes, the scariest shit that I have stared unflinchingly into in a long time. And I spent a lot of time like staring at strangers' assholes, but this was really, (laughs) this really something. I'm so glad that you recommended this, SX, because it's something that I've been like fascinated by. Um, And, you know, obviously one of the the points of this podcast is to find, you know, porn that everyone can feel good about watching. And this is just, (laughs) this isn't it. This is not it. So it's a little, this is a little bit of a different episode, but we just felt like we had to talk about it um, because it is something that like, as technology is advancing, um, I feel like the legality of it hasn't really kept up. <laughs> like, how do you fight against your likeness being put on a performer's body, you know? Mm-hmm. And how does that performer fight against somebody exactly. else's face being put on their body? So for those who don't know, yes, deep fakes uh, are, are, like, to summarize in the porn world, you've probably stumbled across a video of um, Emma Watson's face on someone else's body or like a celebrity's face um, being manipulated into a different video. So this this is a technique that's come out of machine learning. Yeah. Uh, From an article in The Guardian, the use of this machine learning technique was mostly limited to the AI research community until late 2017 when a Reddit user who went by the moniker Deepfakes, a portmanteau of deep learning and fake, started posting digitally altered pornographic videos. So it's basically an algorithm Mm -hmm. that this guy created that learns to overlay a face over um, an existing video and sort of manipulate that. Those like It uses tons of images and creates like, oh, it's Emma Watson's face like moving and doing stuff. Uh, while we're watching someone else get fucked. And and yeah. even the most, like, basic uh, videos of this with, you know, um, it uses an open source code that Google has available publicly. The reason this is scary is that anyone who has, like, a rough knowledge of this code can spend a few days making these videos. Right. Um, and it's been used for, like, revenge porn, fake news... You know, hoaxes, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah. 
and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. The immediate consequence is that we're seeing movie stars obviously not giving consent or with no knowledge, uh, having their faces appear on on existing videos that the mm-hmm. porn stars with no consent or existing knowledge uh, are then like bastardized and pirated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the larger fear is is manipulated political videos, videos of such and such politician like doing something horrible, releasing yeah. like a few days before an election. Yeah. Um, or just in general, us in the future when this technology gets better, having no way to tell the difference between what's real and what's fake in terms of like actual videos of people speaking. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, I <laughs> was like, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? So in case you all haven't, um, um, in case you all haven't realized this yet, I'm a complete nerd. Okay, <laughs> like, when people are like, people are like, oh, sex technology—that's so fun and edgy. And I'm like, oh, is it? Well, let yeah. me tell you about. <laughs> let me tell you about all these things that are not sexy. You think it's yeah. about porn? Well, let me Guess tell you again. all these political things that are gonna just make you angry and that I'm angry about. Right? That's my mo of everything. Like, I'll be in a in a freaking uh, orgy and in the corner, like, well, actually, you know, um, <laughs> we're the same that way. I yeah. have a porn podcast, and I'm like, but let's talk about <laughs> yeah. the economic structures <laughs> at play. Like, let's I talk about always capitalism. Take it there. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally. So I was like, okay, so what are we going to talk about? And you all were like, mutual masturbation. Yeah. I was like, I am so, I am too, I am such a nerdy, pretty girl. Oh, I'm like, I, I can't even. No, it, so I was like, what? what what can we talk about that sex tech and you know emerging all the things you're talking about in pornography mm-hmm. deep fakes it's a major yeah. concern of mine and a major concern of us within the sex tech industry and the bad totally. actors that we have within it mm-hmm. um so a quick little story i i did a uh, my first introduction to the sex tech world was in 2018 um in a sex technology hackathon by the brilliant brian nicole who mm. is the founder of the sex edge school and the future of sex podcast mm. um so check that out if y'all love sex future yeah. of sex conversations and she had a hackathon and it was, uh, and it was, it was pretty female heavy. We had a lot of women, um, but you know, we had some male teams or whatever, and, and we were all just like, we had to do this project. Um, so this is actually where my deep thoughts concept and mutually beneficial website uh, founded by women came along, but mm-hmm. also this, um, this other man presented this app. And so the app was a 3d blowjob app. And essentially what you would do is you would take a 360 picture right of a person and then you could apply them giving fellatio to somebody um and i don't know why i said fellatio like that's like <laughs> give a fellatio i, I love a technical somebody. term i love a technical <laughs> eating term something eating something or someone out so um and immediately we all the women were like uh-uh no, no absolutely yeah. not no. Right? And this is kind of what I mean by that knee-jerk reaction of how women question things versus men. Because women were like, right. um, no. Like, what? You about to do that to my head right now? Like, what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> and the men were like... And the men were like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. And so we, we have, to, I love that you broke down, you know, this came along the scene in late 2017 by someone who was in the in- industry. And this also particularly um, came up on Reddit. Um, yeah. And so yeah. just a quick a few definitions um, to say that a deep fake um, is a person in an existing image or video that is replaced mm-hmm. with someone else's likeliness and that's mm-hmm. an important word to use likeliness because we're not yeah. just saying an image of some person we're saying someone's literal personality concept a yeah. character their mm. likeliness why people like them in the first place right mm. um and so first of all uh there is no such thing as a consensual deep fake um no. because as of now the definition of um of deep fakes um is without someone's consent yeah mm-hmm. okay um and so um they are something that promotes misinformation um, and lack of empathy in digital space. And so you're not most 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 of the time if you're engaging in a deep fake, you're not thinking about how this can actually impact the other person. Um, and it's a double edged sword. So it's the sword of one, the person, the celebrity, or other person. It can be a celebrity. For today, we'll talk about celebrities within porn. But as you mentioned, this can be politicians. This can be a, a wide spectrum of anything. Um, and then you also forget the actual persons whose body it is. Right. right. So there's two 
two levels of non-consensual behavior that's happening. And so we call this a very bad acting, bad acting within sex technology. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and a few more things to note before we really get into the conversation um, is that we've all, we've had concepts of Photoshop, um, right. but this, this new thing of videos um, being spread around is more difficult for people to critically think about. We're more likely to see something moving and go, oh, that's real. Um, so when we think about, for example, fake news um, and the election being rigged uh, on Facebook and all these platforms, um, we're finding the, how really these eth- these platforms ethically behave. So Facebook has stated that they would not remove deep fakes from their platform. Um, and Pornhub has said that they will remove deep fake porn from their platform. But to this day, if you go and you search it, you will have results for deep yeah. porn. Yeah, you can deep find fake. so much. Yeah. And so and so it, it, it goes into this conversation of um, consent and also women monetizing their their sexuality and also the rise of this the incel culture that we have mm. with um, within um, our culture. So, yeah, so that's that. And, and the last thing, too, that was really relevant that can kind of that really touched on what you were talking about, Laura, is a model named um, Emily Ratzowski, Ratz, Ratajowski. Yeah, we all know who she is, but she has a hard name to say. (laughs) Yes. And so uh, she is like, you know, one of the top supermodels, fucking beautiful woman. Amazing. And there was a recent article in The Cut that talked about... owning my own image, right? And how she had was being sued for an image that a paparazzi took of her because they said that it was their image and she didn't have the rights to use it. So when we talk about deep fakes, we talk about consent, we talk about money, monetization of someone's body, and we also just talk about control over females' bodies. Who has control and who wants control and who right. is willing to fight, you know, to have control. So mm. boom, that's, yeah. those are my, my intro topics of why I want to talk about deep fakes yeah. and how it intersects and how it's so important for us to, to get into. Right. And important yeah. to note that like all of these videos are of women. Like it's harmful mm-hmm. specifically to women. Like it's, you're not seeing deep fake videos of like, you know, Leonardo Jude DiCaprio. Law. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it is and it's like specifically women who kind of have like, you know, I guess like a like like it's like Emma Watson, you know, like the mm-hmm. like not someone who's like dripping in sexuality. I mean, someone who is actually like open about her sexuality right. and quite progressive and talking about her orgasm and having a spirited conversation and about destigmatizing sexuality. Uh so it feels like all the more undermining that right. she would be like one of the most famous uh, examples. Yeah. I also, and we looked at, we looked at a video of Emma Watson and we also looked at a video of Priyanka Chopra um, as examples. And all I could think about watching the Emma Watson one was like, this is a person who auditioned for a movie at seven years old. Yeah. And if you had like told her, I mean, I don't know if she's actually seven. I'm not enough of a Harry Potter nerd to know the details, but right. like when you think about a child auditioning for an acting role, if you had said to that child or that child's parents, like, you're signing up for a level of celebrity that means somebody is someday going to manipulate your face and put it on somebody else's body. Like, would the, would the parents be like, actually, it's a no. Like, yeah. the, like, I imagine the millions of dollars, whatever, like, someone in their head is arguing, like, well, if you're a public figure, you, shit happens. But I hate that attitude because um, we're all individuals and we should all be granted consent. And particularly, as you were saying, SX of like women's bodies and images being of our own ownership and control. 100%. And and we're talking about celebrities that are being, um, you know, copied within deep fakes, but we can also talk about revenge porn and the deep deep harm that it has for civilians. There was, Mm -hmm. um, and just the, the, the intersections between deep fakes um, which is a psychological method to to um, manipulate someone in digital space using someone else's images, right? right. Um, and we can also talk about, you know, facial recognition and artificial intelligence and how that's often used, you know, to to target to target women. And yeah. that it was very important that we noted it came onto the internet in 2017 on Reddit to target female celebrities. Yes. This is important when you talk about the, the, the creation of concepts and social social concepts like this and how uh, we don't respect celebrities' bodies. We don't respect femme bodies. We don't respect black bodies. We do not respect it. And so... 
Right. It's it's very it's very interesting, and I also think about and this is also another nerdy comment: the intersections of deep fakes and holographics um, technology that's about to come up. You know, we all are like, yeah, oh, I want right. to see Tupac at the concert, but what's going to happen when we have Madonna sucking? I mean, not Madonna. Oh yeah, maybe Madonna when we have yeah. Madonna sucking <laughs> dick on stage in Berlin, and we yeah. think it's really cool and fun. Um, and so, yeah. something else I've seen uh, within the deep fakes is the Cardi B video. I saw a lot of deep fakes for the WAP video. Yeah, oh. did you all see that with Kylie Jenner? Um, and people were swapping out their faces with Kylie Jenner to no. attempt to reclaim how they would, should have been in the video rather than Kylie Jenner. And so we saw this interesting deep fake and and WAP. I would say it's sexuality, right? We're talking yeah. about wet yeah. ass pussy, oh, right? Yeah. The WAP song. <laughs> I don't think that's a stretch. Sexual, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a stretch. Yeah. So I found that interesting as civilians deep faking themselves mm. to mm. this video. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, like, what is the cultural intersection of how this technology is used? And how are we going to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, detach and split the realities of what is good and bad when we talk about deep fakes? Um, Because it's not all inherently negative. You know, there were a lot of black women who I believe the funniest one was Viola Davis, who they, they deep faked her into the WAP video. And so the layers of the meme were so deep. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in, in, in that sense, we're all, ha, 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 this is hilarious. This is so fun. Right. This is so, so we have to acknowledge the, the, what connection means in digital space and how intersectional it is um, mm-hmm. and, and how um, meaning and intention absolutely do play a part in the impact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth noting, just to nerd out one more time, that the it just feels like a funny coincidence that the technology used to do this is called generative adversarial networks, or GANs, mm-hmm. in which two machine learning uh, models duke it out. One ML model trains on a data set and then creates video forgeries while the other attempts to detect the forgeries. I just think it's like too perfect of a coincidence that it's called generative adversarial networks that create this mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. We don't have to like espouse on that very long, but I just was like, that's so silly. We literally call it like enemy tech and yeah. then it creates this, right. you know? Yeah, and when we think about like, I think it's really interesting too from like the emotional side, like what people get, the satisfaction that people get from watching deep yeah. pornography and mm. how it's it's, it's I find it I find it fascinating it's like you know do you really want to watch Joe Biden jacking off like what is it about these two connections these two um seemingly pleasurable connections to you um, that make this ultimate boom you know why why is it that you need to see this face performing this act to feel not only maybe even powerful but in pleasure um, what does that mean um, as us as a society? It doesn't seem like deep fakes are are being created for pleasure, but almost for humiliation or for mm. punishment. For punishment, which is a very yeah. which is a really common public relationship with celebrity. Like I'm also right. just in a whole different way fascinated with celebrity and the toxicity of the way that culture and with the society as a whole engages with public figures. And if you think about like. Someone like Britney Spears, who was touted as a virgin and who you like publicly deflowered and then destroyed. Like right. just the way that we we punish, particularly women, um, yes. by like holding them to a certain standard and holding them to a certain contradiction of the like whore Madonna complex and then creating fake videos so we can like live out this punishment fantasy. This like it's just a very bizarre like moral circus like oh i know let me tell you right now there's a 12 year old right now creating deep fake revenge porn you're right i know for a fact there is yeah and so when we talk we have to talk about these things right and this is part of the mystifying concept within sex technology and it's difficult you know i want i'm going to challenge every single person listening to this podcast don't go google deep fake porn you know what it is yeah you know so i think it's and it's hard for us too right because we want we as humans crave humiliation. We crave yeah. to see the pain of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. And so when you think about digital space, I'm gonna keep it real. It's true. We love yeah. it. Why do we get yeah. on social media? We want to. We love. Um, we get as much dopamine, if not more, from pain as we do pleasure. So the, the yeah. concept of that does exist, and and this yeah. goes back down to education and all these other things. But um, we as humans, it doesn't surprise me that this exists. But I, I challenge you all to 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 rebuke it in the name mm-hmm. yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was I felt uncomfortable thinking about this episode ahead of time because I was like we cho- like we we sort of followed our own format of being like we chose these videos but like I don't want people to watch them. Like yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want them to give their clicks uh to any of this shit right. because you know that monetization like that traffic contributes to why this shit exists it's non-consensual know? and it's harmful yeah um that being said should we talk about it <laughs> sure or, i mean i think we can talk know. about like the some of the problem areas yes. and i think just leave out the platform right uh, right because fuck them right um exactly but yeah so we talked we looked at a emma watson and a priyanka chopra yeah uh, it's it's not even right to say like their <laughs> videos featuring them because they're not right. but like those were the celebrities featured. Um, I think it like the Priyanka Chopra was I think a bastardized. It wasn't even Bang Bros. It, it was, was stamped. Bros. It was stamped with Bang Bros. But then at the top she named a different platform. So I was like, this is thrice pirated. Oh really? Like I think she said a different platform, and I was like, where even are we? Because she was like, I only do it for such and such, such and such, and I was I didn't know what she was naming, and I yeah. thought it was a director or a or a porn house or something. Mm, yeah. Um. But yeah, basically we. Uh, we see a performer who we're told to believe is Priyanka Chopra. Feels fitting that she puts on like an America I know. bikini. Yeah. Like there's something there that I was like, oh boy. Like, uh, yeah, people really want to playing yeah. to their audience. Yeah. You know? And a trucker hat. And I think yeah. that we're like at some sort of like clothing designers home um <laughs> she does an ass parade um there's some more like objectifying where he puts like solo cups on her ass while she walks around um and then- i will say i don't actually know if it was a clothing designer's home so much as like a porn house where they're like this is stuff you can put on right but there, we've in seen the ba- that before but in the background of like during the sex act like there was like a gown on like a mannequin i don't know if anyone yeah. else knows that i'm <laughs> yeah. always looking at like i'm i have to look at the set i it was like a nice gown yeah, yeah i need to look at the set like i just i need to know where we are what's going on the you production know. design or yes. lack thereof i need to know so that really i was like then i was very confused i feel like i lo- i like to also talk about too like this idea of like you know i i've i've met a lot of sex workers and I've yeah. met a lot of models and actresses and all these different people. And I think it's hilarious the, the deep intersections between sex work and acting and, and modeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, and we can touch on the Bella Thorne that people who are in the public eye who were acting and, and doing, you know, such invasive things, really um, mm-hmm. people feel that they have um, the right to see them in sexual behavior as well. Yeah. They feel that, oh, I get so much pleasure from your acting and your creativity that I also deserve to see you um, be sexually um, engaging as as well. Um, right. And this is this is also concepts upholded by patriarchy. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. You know, you, you've mm-hmm. seen, uh, you know, Nicole Kidman and all these different actresses that have these incredibly sexual um, scenes and incredibly sexual behaviors within um, their work um, and people feel entitled to then take it to another level uh, of engagement and interaction yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and this is part of the disassociation that we have within digital space and, and how you talked about the what's it called the social dilemma you know and how these manipulations and, and addiction happen and how they manifest as well yeah it's also something like we even grapple with as podcast hosts, like we're launching a Patreon soon. And yes, that is a plug. Um, <laughs> but like, we're going to include like pictures of ourselves. And yeah. I constantly am like, which thing am I pushing against? You know, like, am I posting this? Cause I enjoy it. Am I like, when I think about my Instagram presence, there's a lot of thirst traps on there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like, I look hot in this and I have to grapple with my own, like, well, am I giving into the patriarchy or am I pushing against the morality th- that says I'm not allowed to be a sexual being mm-hmm. because I'm intelligent and all these other things? And it's just like it's a it's a battle you have to have with yourself. And it's so for women in particular, like so heavily like tied into currencies that are pervasive in like every aspect of our culture. So there's like really no line there. I constantly think about it and I'm like, yeah, today I'm aware that I'm posting my ass and it looks good and I'm going to get likes and that's going to give me a dopamine hit and that's mm-hmm. what I'm here for. At the same time, I'm like exercising my sexual freedom, but today it's about the likes. You know, yeah, like it, yeah. it's it's hard to like draw lines and like rules about your own about yourself even. So it's incredibly complicated when 
that push and pull includes like a massive audience that's sort of like demanding sexuality of you, you know? Absolutely. I know. I just watched um, Teenage, the diary of a teenage drama queen last night with Lindsay Lohan. Oh my God. Mm. When I tell you, Lindsay Lohan, first of all, this bitch can act her ass off, okay? Like, she's <laughs> yeah, great. Ever. But, you know, I'm watching this movie, and I mean, her character is supposed to be all of 15, and yeah. every single thing is hugging her tits. Basically, the, 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 the skirt is basically under her ass, and it's like, yeah. okay, but we've been tauting this sexuality things for so long, mm-hmm. um, and so what are we... Yeah, it's like, so what are we fighting against? Are we just saying, oh, yeah, I love it? Or, you know, I I get it. I get it. I don't know what that point to bring that up was. But the point is that we, you know, we sexualize people from very early stages, right? Right. Um, And so with a disassociation, manipulation, and addiction that happens within digital space, we have certain outcomes like deep fake pornography, yeah, right. yeah. Um, deep fake revenge porn. Really, I did. We did kind of derail the video conversation. I yeah. think that was oh, like yeah. sort of purposefully on my part because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, wanna make it sound tantalizing in a way that like yeah. people are like, oh, but I should go check it out. Like, it's two different videos. No, it's not tantalizing. I don't think your viewers are like, this is something tantalizing. I want to see. It's not. It's like the sex act in itself isn't even good. They're like, he touches her clip for maybe two seconds. He he plunges his fingers into her asshole with no lube. It doesn't look great. <laughs> like well, it's a Bang Bros video yeah. that they threw. Exactly. Priyanka Trippers. I mean, what I just found it deeply disturbing. And at times you were like, oh, I can see where Priyanka's face was like superimposed on someone exactly. else's face. Right. Particularly when she turns to the side because like her skin color changes. They clearly like... It was a whiter woman that was featured in the original video, and it looks like like fake Tanner is rubbing off on the side of her face because they have like superimposed yeah. someone else's face on this woman's body. Right, and like that's a fucking weird thing to even think about that. Um, right, they chose like a lighter skinned brown woman to like marry right. with this Priyanka face, Priyanka's face. So it's just, it, I just found it deeply disturbing and just like such a. It just was so blatantly like touting mm-hmm. what's wrong with America, right? While and this like woman both is like getting fucked in an America bikini. And both <laughs> of these videos, it's like it's disturbing that like we're 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 people are coming to see like the likeness of someone else on this face, but then it's not even about their pleasure. You know, no. like it's just about them being used. Like in I, both of these videos, the 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 person who's supposed to be the celebrity, the the performer, is not getting much pleasure at all it's not even about it's never about their orgasm you know mm-hmm. um and it's really upsetting <laughs> yeah i mean the emma watson one is like two minutes long right and it's not as uh the tech is like weaker it feels like like yeah. it's more obviously a fake um because like when she looks down she like becomes a, like anytime she moves her head at all right but it's just two minutes of like ariel getting fucked right. um so it's like not even a worthy porn in its right. own it's right. Right. It's very boring sex. <laughs> it's very boring sex, and her, it's it's freaky. It's freaky to look at. Um, yeah, I th- I think the bottom line is like this. This is just a problem area, and like we need to wander into these territories to talk about them. Um, but yeah, not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know the. The beauty of having this conversation, I know it's not your typical conversation, and I know we always want to see sunshine at the end of the tunnel, but the yeah. reality is is that <laughs> not um, talking about conversation, talking about sex tech, talking about pornography means talking about what shouldn't be created and talking right. about what shouldn't exist. We yeah. do not have to just see things and go, well, it's here, so it must be Right. We must accept it. Um, I don't think that's true. And so uh, when we are saying that we're innovators or we're saying we're trying to create or design, um, we have to think about what that actually means inherently. Um, and not everything should be created or designed is my is part of the point. Absolutely. Of the, the yeah. Deep fake conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you watch this porn, I think you need to have a really long conversation with yourself, listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About why. <laughs> Well, <laughs> shall we shall we leave it there? I think so. I mean, yeah. I could literally talk for hours with you, SX. I'm like, please come co-host our podcast with us. <laughs> I need to get on my own. I need to. <laughs> yeah, you're busy. You got plenty on your plate. Shit. But <laughs> speaking of, is there anything you want to plug uh, before we before we wrap up? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, 
I am opening up. We are opening up membership for Women of Sex Technology um, this fall, winter. Uh, we are very anti-capitalist uh, work culture. So we uh, <laughs> will be opening up sometime this year. Um, <laughs> and it is a community of femmes working within the sex tech industry. So feel free to ask me any questions you have about that. Um, I am also the host of my own podcast called The Thought Leader Pod. That is T-H-O-T Leader Pod. Um, I am coming out with new episodes very soon called Good Pussy, Good Politics, where I discuss the intersections of my work within the sex worker lives Um the sex worker rights movement and the Black Lives Matter movement and the actions that I've taken over coronavirus. Um, I'm also the host of a documentary called Corona Thoughts, which we are in production of now and just working on how the sex industry has been impacted by COVID-19. What else? I have like other gems to drop. Um, You could drop your social handles. Yeah, where can our listeners find you? All of my socials are at S-X-N-O-I-R. So that is my name, um, pronouns she and her. And yeah, you can find me there. So I've been doing a lot with the Black Sex Worker Liberation March. I recently um, organized the largest sex worker-led march um, in New York City in history. It was so amazing. It's been great. Yeah, that was something really impactful and important. So check all that political stuff out. Um, and we also are actively working against the Earn It Act. So yes. if you are mm. understanding what the Earn It Act is, it is an act that is attempting to end encryption under the um, manipulation of child exploited material. And so if if you all are interested in any legislation that impacts the sex morality industry, please reach out to me. Um, it is surviveearnit.com. And I believe that's it. Um, that's it. Check me out. I love y'all so much. Always accepting tips on my Venmo, which is at S-X-B-R-A-T. Um, yeah, that's me. Cool. <laughs> Leave it to Amazing. a board to plug some money. I know. I mean, oh, you have to. Me. That's good. I mean, <laughs> you absolutely. have to. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, like, truly, it is our honor. We've been fans since we met you at the uh, at uh, Gab's Sex and Cannabis uh, little secret yeah, panel. panel. It was yeah. super fun. Yeah, it was great. She was one of our first guests, um, the loveliest. So, truly, thank you for joining us. This was yeah, means a lot. fantastic conversation, and I hope very educational and thrilling for our audience as well. Thanks for listening to Girls on Porn. You can find us on Instagram <laughs> at Girls on Pern. That's porn without the O because fuck Instagram. Uh, on Twitter at GOP the Podcast. On our website, girlsonporn.com. And maybe by the time this episode comes out, look for us on Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to the show if you haven't already. If you give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, uh, feel free to drop your Instagram handle and we'll tag it and thank you, expressing our abundant gratitude. This has been Girls on Porn, the only GOP that's actually good. That was a HeadGum Podcast.